Week two is in the books. Some mediocrity on the picks, but it is time to bounce back. We've got a lot of data in the books, and we've got new looks for week three. This is the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour, fired up by Underdog Fantasy. Welcome to the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour, powered by Underdog Fantasy. We are your hosts, Ahan Rungta and Trevor Tipton. We've got some Week Two nonsense to talk about. Honestly, a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a, um, you know, some some sweaty good, some sweaty bad going on with our season long entry. So we'll talk about that briefly. But as you can tell from Trevor's background, we are fired up for a potentially ugly Thursday night football, and this is where you get. You know, us being fired up for ugly stuff, this is why you we're here, right? We're going to find value. So, Trevor, how are we doing? Uh, what you think of week two? How was your weekend? Week two was crazy. Um, I, some stuff I expected to see, some stuff I definitely didn't expect to see. I really wanted the Giants to lose to crush survivors because I was not on them. Uh, man, I wish the Cardinals just weren't complete and utter trash. Uh, <laughs> you know, it seemed like the Giants finally got it going in the second half. Unfortunately, Saquon takes the ankle inter- you know, injury. At least it's not a high ankle, so we can take some, you know, some resolve in that. Obviously, Monday night, terrible Nick Chubb injury. Um, that was like watching if you, if you've ever if anybody's watched UFC that was like when Anderson Silva broke his leg on that leg kick for me that was just as bad like I couldn't watch it again and everybody was reposting it on social and I'm like scrolling real fast like uh, please get out of here I I don't want any part of that um, but uh, we got to see some offenses that I think are going to be interesting moving forward. Uh, I love some of the rookies that made some strides. I love how some rookies look. I think there's going to be some value this week. We just started right as the show was starting. Uh, some books just dropped a few of their lines just 30 minutes ago, hour ago on some of them. So we, but it's still not there, right? It's Wednesday. It's early. We really have our Thursday lines. Uh, if you've watched my Twitter for the last 12 years, I am a diehard 49er fan. Uh, I love the Niners as much as uh, Ahan loves New England. So now this has to be, I want to ask you about this, right? Because you're in your you know early mid-20s now. You've never experienced this in your lifetime. You're now experiencing <laughs> what it's like for most fan bases in the NFL, right? Like you don't have the best quarterback to ever play, but you've grown up with that, right? Like you, you literally got to grow up with Brady. So what's this been like for you? watching new england and and what are your thoughts so far there the the patriots to me have been a little bit more of a roller coaster of emotions just in these first two weeks than many patriots fans would like to admit because i feel like most of new england is either on the super negative side like nothing is good nothing will ever be good mac jones is horrible uh bill o'brien doesn't deserve a job all of our wide receivers shouldn't be playing professional football and running backs who even are they um but I feel like I, the, the the main lesson I've learned about the Patriots is that we've got to get a wide receiver at some point. I, I feel like the 
not the passing up on DK Metcalf and AJ Brown for Nikhil Harry oh. is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Um, Mac Jones, whether or not people want to admit it, has not looked bad the first two weeks. There's a reason the pass attempts have been sky high. He's made a couple of mistakes, but he's also made some really nice plays. And wide receivers are not making plays on 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 balls that really should be caught, uh, and that's happened several times. So. I'm I, I'm just expecting overall uh, on a full se- season sample mediocrity uh, to say the least, um, which is more than a lot of New England fans expect. But um, you know the Jets have made it interesting a little bit with their quarterback getting hurt, obviously, which you hate to see it happen that way. But maybe the Patriots don't finish last. Yeah, um, same. Our quarterback play for the Niners, um, Purdy missed three basically open touchdowns. Everybody's like, oh, I'm like, guys. He hasn't started a full season of NFL games yet. He's going to have those games. He's, I, I'm really excited. I like watching him. Uh, Billy Muzio and I uh, talked about him last year, and him and I took a ton of flack. What we like watching is go watch his weed progression. Go watch his footwork. Like He does the things you want to see a quarterback do. Um, so those are things I'm excited about. Uh, Monday, you know, and then, you know, you get into a pick Monday night was, I was this close. So I hit uh, one fiver. I missed another fiver because Jamal went down. If Jamal's just healthy during that game Monday night, I hit his overs. Like you saw how they ended up using Tony Jones. He gets two touchdowns. We had Jamal for an anytime touchdown. So it was an interesting week. Um, uh, you know, we just, you know, we have the news. Kareem Hunt's going back. Uh, you know, the ESPN Yahoo sleeper wires, you know, waivers ran last night. High stakes runs tonight. Um, Ford isn't available in most high stakes. He's 100% owned in MNC prime times, 98% in OCs. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with Hunt. Um, I'm actually, you know, I like Pierre Strong there for the upside, you know, guy, cheap guy. I think he was misused in in your neighborhood, uh, and partially it was because who he was behind. He just wasn't getting in front of Ramondre. But I think there's some upside there for him, uh, and we all know how bad Deshaun is now. Like when you talk about the opposite, I don't like his footwork. I don't like his reads. I don't like his throws. Uh, right? Like Elijah Moore should have had seven catches for 150 yards if he can throw the ball to him in bounds. Yeah, and I, I think as someone, you know, just to finish up this this 49ers talk, uh, well, we're not done with 49ers talk today, but just to finish up with this Brock Purdy talk, um, I, I was not admittedly a, a huge believer in Brock Purdy. I don't think many were, so it's not even a hot take to say Mr. Irrelevant is hard to believe in immediately, um, but he's been, he, he's gone, he, he's looked like a professional quarterback for the first two weeks, and that makes me happy for my Brandon Ayuk shares because the man has been good at football for a long, long time, and he finally has someone who is getting most of the throws to him. Right? There's, there's, there's some misses, obviously. You know, nobody's going to be Patrick Mahomes out here, but um, we're starting to see some of the ceiling for Brandon Ayuk. So that makes me happy. Speaking of New England, we've got Matt Babbage in the chat. Let's keep the vibes good in chat today because we've got some, uh, some week two, you know, more bad vibes to talk about just a little bit real quick. Um, you know, you mentioned Jamal Williams. I was my main play for that Monday night football. I was expecting two ugly games. We got to one really ugly game, one semi ugly game. Um, 
And I, my biggest exposure player on that tape was Jim Williams. Of course he, you know, yep. nine carries, 29 yards, second quarter gets hurt. It is what it is. But for a season long entry as well, week two, um, you know, some, some highs and lows here. So first off, the, the first thing I had on the agenda was Christian Watson needs to play at some point. Now he did attend practice yep. today and that makes me happy. Uh, I was so, about to bring that up. We saw we got our boy at practice. I mean, like if you tell me Jordan Love's going to have this many touchdown throws, I think we're halfway to our prop with Watson. But I'm excited. Like we need it. We really we need Watson for 12 games. I think. I think if we get Watson for 12 games, we're going to be fine there. And I, I'm going I'm to talk about a little bit about Jordan Love in a minute. But just going through the other ones, uh, real bad here. So David Montgomery, two touchdowns in one and a half games. Right? We need seven. Hurt. Um, probably going to miss a little bit of time. Apparently, it was a thigh bruise, but they do have more running backs, you know, behind Craig Reynolds and uh, Jameer Gibbs, obviously as well. So something to keep an eye on. Or Trevor, do you have a specific expectation for what we see from Montgomery or? I'm not worried about Montgomery. Montgomery's going to miss a couple of weeks with that thigh bruise. He it, like he is their goal line back. They had to bring in Zonovan Knight. Like I'm not worried about Montgomery. We saw what this offense is going to do. We saw what the Saints did, right? We know who's getting that goal line work. Like Jamal, like they are they we know who they are now. We have seen it. We know who Dan Campbell is is long as Monty's healthy which, right, fortunately, it's not an ACL. It's not a Chubb injury. As long as Monty's healthy, I, I don't see how we don't get there. The real concerning one, though, obviously, I, I jokingly said this was going to be the toughest one of, of the entry. Here we are. Zeke is not only has zero touchdowns, but isn't getting any red zone work. And Mac Jones is on pace to break the uh, – it's it's two weeks. I know we're, we're data-informed people. I shouldn't be using the phrase on pace two weeks in, but I will anyway. It's content. He's on pace to break the pass attempt record um, for a single season, which was set by Tom Brady several years ago. Um, so they're passing a lot in the red zone, which I like to see as a Patriots fan, but I did not think it would be this – it would be this much through two weeks. Surely enough – um, or surely at some point we start getting some runs. No Patriots running back has a touchdown yet. Um, concerning, uh, but we need that. Five. That's my bit. That's my concern here is I, I would be less concerned if Ramondre had some, right? If the, if we saw any usage out of Ramondre even, but they are like, I, I know it feels like Bill's trying to like be so contrarian. He's being too contrarian. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, remember, this is the team that basically didn't have an offensive coordinator last year. Right. Um, but I just don't understand. But that one's definitely concerning for me. Uh, Waller, I'm okay with, right? The Cowboys game is what it was. Uh, he's worked through it. Um, he's going to get we saw, right? Daniel peppered him with targets last week. He's He is their wide receiver one. Uh, I'm way more comfortable with him, uh, you know, once they get these kinks worked out here. And now – we just, you know, games I'm not counting on Philly and, the, you know, they got to play Dallas one more time. So outside of that, uh, you know, even this game, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he had a touchdown. Um, you know, the over under is 44 in this. I think it's 44 and a half. Uh, you know, I, th I think, that, you know, I could, we could easily see, you know, some, you know, 28, you know, 14 
you know, scores in this game pretty easy, some garbage time stuff, but I think he gets it right. I'm definitely uh, okay with where Waller's at after everybody freaked in week one. And it was just uh, right. That is what it is. Yeah, I, I would say so. So the, the bright side of Waller is he's getting the 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 targets that we expected of him. The volume's going to be there. Um, the if if there if I were to be a negative Nancy uh, about this in some way, it's that when you take a, a, a play like we did, which was for those who don't remember, it's higher than one and a half games of at least hundred receiving yards on the entire season. It's volatile. Obviously, you need two great games. The other. 15 weeks, he can suck, and we don't, right? But when you take something like that, you circle games on your calendar where you're like, that's that's the window of opportunity right there. And I felt like week two was our first huge window of opportunity. goes, and the Giants are not going to have many huge offensive games. And in a sense, they had a huge offensive game in week two, and Waller finished with 676. So there's a negative angle to look at there, but I agree with you that the usage is going to be there all season long when he plays, so – We'll have plenty more opportunities. And I actually think the Eagles are not are one that need to be circled now because they actually have allowed some tight end production um, through the first two weeks, including Hawkinson, obviously, who scored two touchdowns. So maybe the Eagles are, are not one you can just X off. Uh, my only worry is their D-line just using uh, that offensive line like a turnstile like the Cowboys did. The one thing I really am, too, though, encouraged about that nobody's really brought up or I haven't seen people talk about with Waller, Waller has 40 yards after the catch. So he's getting his yak. Uh, that's what I want. And one of the things that cool is underdog uh, for their pickums has added yards after the catch. So we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, but that's one of the new categories we're going to see. So hopefully we get some yak monsters in there. Uh, you know, we saw uh, the yak monster pickings. Uh <laughs> That's a little sarcastic because, you know, everybody gives them a hard time about separation. But, you know, we broke that one for 70. Um, speaking of broken, that's that's how I describe Kenny Pickett. But uh, <laughs> there are, you know, there's some underdog has some cool new things. And, and that's one of them we're going to talk about later today. Absolutely. And then last but not the least, the the ultimate waiting game. It, it, I mean, this is exactly how we want to see it, right? DK Metcalf is going to yep. give us a sweat, um, but it is hopefully a sweat that's going to be worth it. One touchdown through two games. He did leave the game for a little bit. You know, deja vu did the, the poop game in Detroit. He started <laughs> off. This time it's actually an injury, but looks like he'll play week three because uh, he is a freaking monster. Speaking of, you know, all these, uh, you know, uh, you, you hinted to the the new categories. Let us hear a quick word of our from our sponsor before we get into some week three stuff. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five. Six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you could 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Oh, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota is going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go Cousins, 
Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, and you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to 100 bucks with promo code UNDERWORLD. Go start picking. We are back on the Player Profiler Pick and Power Hour, and we are ready to dive into the underdog fantasy slate for week three. And for those of you who are joining us on stream right now on YouTube, we are on YouTube or we're on Twitter or Facebook. We're about to share a screen um, and look at this underdog pick and board ourselves. I'm sharing the wrong thing, aren't I? Sharing the wrong thing. <laughs> While I do that, Trevor, uh, do you have any week two lessons that you learned, whether it be for pickings, whether it be a specific team that you want to talk about um, for, you know, I guess down the line? So things I want to attack going forward, I want to attack Carolina's with the run. So when games come up, I definitely want to go after Carolina. They don't have the run defense. Um, I think Houston's going to throw the ball a lot this season, and Damian Pierce is going to get way less use. I'm really impressed with how C.J. Stroud looks. I think he's going to get. I think they're. I think they're going to be behind so much they have to throw. Uh, and I like the Nico Tank Dell uh, combination. If you go look at their targets, their routes, their yards, uh, I'm really excited there. Uh, Jacksonville, I think, is going to be a little bit of a crapshoot. I think they showed that they're going to scheme against the defense. They know they have monsters on the offensive side of the ball, and they don't care about fantasy. They care about winning. I think we're going to see weeks where Ridley goes off. I think we're going to see weeks where Kirk goes off. I think we're going to see weeks where Ingram goes off in maybe a week or two where they, you know, they run. Now, their run-blocking scheme is not good. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, fan. So like, but I think they have great pass blocking ability. Uh, you know, everybody threw uh, Josh Allen away the first week. He was offensive player for the week, the second week. Uh, you, you know, you have to like, I, I get, we don't want to see anybody start slow. Um, we just got news literally right before the show that the bears, not only did they get rid of Getty, but they now got rid of their defensive coordinator um, they just need to let Fields go play backyard football. I mean, at this point, like we saw, we saw this last year. They misused him, then they let him run again, and all of a sudden their offense was efficient. So that's an interesting spot for me. Um, I'm not sure what to think of uh, Monken and the Baltimore offense yet. Uh, so those are some of mine. Um, I'm generally, uh, I, I'm generally an. Once the season gets going, I'm an under guy. I like overs to start because I think they're too low, and there's a buy spot. Uh, overall, though, I, I definitely like uh, unders once the season gets moving forward because we can attack matchups better. The unders are not uh, exciting, or the the lowers in the in the sense of the the pickups. They're not always the yep. most exciting the to, to side, the public. Yep. Uh, to, to the public, but for me, it is. Cause, I mean, it is when they hit because um, you're sweating it out all game, right? Like, uh, you know, I took a Jake Ferguson under on the sports books last week, and it was under 26 and a half receiving yards. If you if you ask for any NFL player to not get 27 yards, it's going to be a sweat. 
but it hit. He had four yards, and it was fantastic. So I, I don't mind, uh, you know, fading players uh, every now and then. Um, and speaking of, uh, you know, fading players, someone that, you know, I want to touch on real quick is someone that I think a lot of people just faded because a brand name or, you know, the, the history, so to speak, of this Jordan Love. Um, and something I pointed out on Twitter, um, you know, a couple of days ago was Jordan Love's season through two weeks has been somewhat weird, but this was someone I was targeting heavily in fantasy drafts at ADP QB 20 um, uh, on underdog, which is what it was, you know, around August. Jordan Love has had a weird season. So first off, obviously he doesn't have a single snap played from his best receiver, which is Christian Watson. Surely he's struggling, right? Because he's struggled in the past when he's had to play and now he's without Christian Watson. Well, let's look, take a look uh, a little bit at the stats. So here are the best EPA per play among NFL quarterbacks on early downs. Number one, Tua Tagovailoa. Number two, Jordan Love. How about on late downs? Number one, Dak Prescott. Number two, Jordan Love. So the production has been there, but EPA is not, you know, receiver agnostic. It takes into account the entire offense. You take a look at Jordan Love's throwing, just look at what he's done specifically, and he's dead last in CPOE, which is uh, completion percentage over expected. So he's done a good job at not making blunders and hurting his team without, especially without Christian Watson. But at the same time, maybe you can argue that the fantasy production is unsustainable because the touchdown rate is going to go down, but his best touchdown threat is also coming back, um, which is Christian Watson. So I think that the moral of the story is Jordan Love has been put in a great position by the Packers. And I was high on the Packers offense because of guys like Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave, uh, now we have Wicks as well. For for those reasons, I was high on the Packers offense, and I'm going to continue to be high on them. And I don't think the market, the pick market, has fully reacted yet. So that's something I'm looking to Jalen Reed. You said you said my boy's name, Jalen Reed. I have a lot of Jalen Reed in underdogs best ball format. Uh, he's one of my highest owned late round guys. Let's talk a little bit about Jalen. He has a 10 A dot. He has a 26% air yard share of the Packers, and he has 120 air yards already after barely being used in the first game. Sign me up. They're going to use him. You get him. I really – this offense gets dangerous. You get Jones back, get Watson back. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it's Jaden. I know. I, I If you heard me say – if it sounded like Jalen, it's not. I know it, I know it's Jaden, NYC. Uh, so, sorry if it sounds that way. But he, it is, uh, he's my guy. I'm a big fan. Um, and this is where, you know, one of the things I use um, is sports books for setting the lines. I am, I've done this a long time. Uh, I have been in the high stakes DFS arena for 10 plus years with like real cash invested. Uh, and I've played fantasy for plus 20. Vegas is now taking on billions of dollars a month. And when I say Vegas, I'm talking about all the sports books. Look at their modeling. They they have a, a a really interesting idea of what they're doing when they're handling tens of billions of dollars a month. Now, the great thing is what we're trying to do is expose, hey, they have to put out hundreds of these and we can take them higher or lower. And with what I like here with Underdog is the ability to build these DFS style lineups where I can game stack and I don't have to have 10 guys, right? I can have two, three, four or five guys, right? Love it. 
And uh, yeah, so Jaden Reed, all in. I'm, I'm all in as well. Best comp on player profiler on his player page, Stefan Diggs. Worth uh, that's, that, that, that is <laughs> accurate. <laughs> Pretty good comp. <laughs> Speaking of, we are going to get right into the underdog board. And if you are interested, like Trevor was mentioning, if you are interested in sports betting, whether it be uh, game lines, right, the, the spread for this Giants 49ers game is hovering around 10 points. Um, or if you just want player props that you can play on the sports books as well, in, if, if that is legal in your state, we have a show just for that. It's called The Juice. It runs every Friday night. A really good wa- vibe with our boy Memphis Young. And he walks you through the slate. Uh, I hopped in uh, you know, a few times, and Memphis uh, thinks, that, thinks a lot like I do with these player props, goes for the weird ones that nobody wants, and I love it. That's where you find real value. He knows what he's doing, so absolutely recommend. But – we're back on the pick and board, and as you can see on the screen, if you are joining us um, live, Underdog has been going crazy with the board a little bit. If you missed out uh, last week, we they introduced a uh, special that's called 100K Sundays, where each week th- there's a different 100K Sunday special on the board. As you can see on the screen right now, this week it's Tyreek Hill, total yards at 91.5. But each week, if you make an entry with that pick, either higher or lower, doesn't matter if it wins or not. If you make an entry with that, you get placed in a pool, which is basically a lottery, and 10 people who place an entry with that pick win $10,000 each. If that sounds like a good idea to you, you should probably play Tyreek Hill, 91.5 total yards. Now, Trevor and I both like the the same side of this, but we're not going to come up with our pairing yet because we want to wait for the sportsbooks to set in. We want to get the... The, the the biggest edge we can. We do have time. It's going to be live soon, and uh, we're going to have underdog pick generator picks come out as well. So we're going to find the best pairings for you and come out with those on the bonus show, as usual, which is on Fridays. The other special on the board this week is Daniel Jones, half a total yard. Now, you are limited on this. If you click higher, Daniel Jones, I would hope you click higher on that and uh, you don't anticipate the Aaron Rodgers-esque injury. You click higher, you are going to be limited on this. So um, I think in my case, you know, if I try to pair it with something else, I am limited to $10. I think the limits may vary a little bit. So we're not going to have an official pick for you on this, but you should probably play something on the board you like with Daniel Jones just to pair that, uh, just to pair something with it, just so you can get that little freebie out of the way. But we're here with one pick each for Thursday night football. And Trevor, I'll let you kick it off. You're you're the 49ers fan, but you're going with a giant here. Uh, what Giants pick are you targeting for Thursday night football? Yeah, so this is um I, I'm a big game theory guy. Uh again, DFS, you know, I, I took 51st in weekly winners this last week. You know, there's over two hundred thousand people in there. Uh I was real I mean I'm so close i right like when you start getting up there everybody's points is so tight um i wish i would have done more lineups there uh i only built six because when they dropped it i was just too busy with all my other stuff um but we want to use that same theory uh when we attack this and looking at at this particular player you heard me talk about earlier i like unders i'm i'm an under guy uh at heart I like going after them and somebody that I think is the wide receiver for maybe even five on his team is Paris Campbell. I am not a Paris Campbell guy. 
Uh, I'm not a big fan. And it's a he has he has physical abilities. When you look at him on paper and you look at his, you know, go look at his player profiler page. You see, like you look at it and you think this guy should be better than he is. Right. When you look at who he is and what he does and where he should be, like he should be in terms better. But if you listen to scout start talking, right, look at his workout metrics, right? Like he's off the charts, right? Like insane for right. He's a four, three guy, right? Yeah. Four, three, one, right. He has an insane speed score, an insane burst score. However, it's never translated to the NFL game so far. It didn't ever. He's kind of been a late round darling in the high stakes leagues. Like, Hey, take a shot on him, take a shot on him. You know, he's had injuries. He's just never really delivered. Now we go into New York and something I'm excited about was they finally got Jalen Highland and Jalen Highland involved last week. He can stretch over the top. Hyatt showed that he can be that stretch guy. He had a ton of air yards last week. Um, and let's talk about Paris here. So, we saw Hodgins get used last season how and, and how he got targeted. We have Slayton. We have Waller. We have Hyatt. Now, no Barkley this week. You have Brita. You have their other backs. And it's the Niners who you can't run on. And you can't terribly throw on. Here is some of Paris Campbell's stats for the week. He he has a 7% air yard share. That guys for the everybody listening that is nothing. You don't want to target receivers unless you're going under that haven't that kind of air yard share. He has a 3.6 a dot. 3.6. That basically means he's taking two steps off the line turning around and trying to catch the ball and or he's getting tackled. Now People have liked him because he is getting used. He's, you know, especially week one, he's getting a lot of targets route run, but he's still, you know, at five receptions, he's not getting the yards that we need. So we are going Paris Campbell under 28 and a half receiving yards. He can get two, three, four catches. And I don't think he comes close. I think he, I think at four catches, he's still at 20 yards. Um, like the 49ers would have to all fall down and just not tackle him. Um, meanwhile, you're going to have like uh, guys like on top of our nickels, guys like Fred Warner as a linebacker coming over there and shading that side. Um, I think they have to try to go to Hyatt. I think they have to get Waller involved. I think Slayton's more involved this week. Uh, and I think they get Hodgins more involved. Um, again, Paris has shown us these last two weeks, right? He has the paper, but it doesn't translate to NFL game speed for me. Love it. And we, uh, you know, we hit on a collab uh, in week one for Thursday night football. And keep in mind, these, these are these double, right? That you, you're profiting double what you what you put in. So if we let's say hit half of these Thursday night football collabs, we're profiting quite a bit long term. Right. So you want to keep your your unit exposure, um, you know, the same for all of these. But, you know, despite the fact that we hit one together in week one, this might be my favorite one that you you've dished out on the show so far, because I love a sneaky under on someone that nobody's going to look at fading. And some people might look to back just because like, Oh, he might get some in garbage time. Yeah. But he's also the fifth option on his own team. Daniel Jones might be ahead of him, you know, right? Like, so Paris Campbell, you know, like you said, the receptions line is set at three and this is a guy who can get five receptions and still not 
not sniff this. Uh, so I absolutely love it. You also see he has a rushing plus receiving yards thing. It's because he gets some of those jet sweeps. So if he breaks, if he you know breaks out for a play, it might be on a jet sweep, right? And that's not a that's not a reception. So I like the under 28 and a half receiving yards from you there. Now I'm going to pair this with a 49er. And how I approach this this game, you know, I love. If you were, you know, following along with my picks in the player profiler Discord, which is free, by the way, y'all should join. If you're following along with my picks in the player profiler Discord last year, I hit a plus fifty six hundred same game parlay on a on the Bears Commanders primetime game. Right, that that was arguably the ugliest game on the slate. So the way I approach these ugly games is uh, I kind of look for things I, I. if we're following a certain game script, I want to look for things where there's extreme value with that game script. But I think I found one here where regardless of game script, we should be able to hit this. And whether or not you think the Giants keep this close, one thing we do know for certain, which is Kyle Shanahan will want to get Christian McCaffrey a little bit of a break. So first off, Christian McCaffrey leads the NFL in touches so far this season through through uh, through two weeks. He has at least 20 rushing attempts in each of the first two games. He played 100% of the red zone snaps last week. Now he has short rest. And now Kyle Shanahan literally told us after the press conference or at the press conference in week two, I've got to be better about rotating backfields and I've got to get the other guys involved. This is a guy who's had injuries and we've forgotten that Christian McCaffrey, how many injuries he's had just because He's been healthy for over a year now, right? So Christian McCaffrey needs to get some breaks. Now, the way I approached this on the books was yesterday, I took Christian McCaffrey under 17 and a half rushing attempts. That line has gotten steamed down, or I guess steamed up in that direction. Um, and it's now minus 140 on the books, which is why if you check out Christian McCaffrey on the underdog pick board, it's now 17 right on the dot. So you would get a push if he lands at 17 exactly rushing attempts. I want to pivot since we have these props up on the books now. How about just Elijah Mitchell is going to get carries whether or not the game is close, right? And if the game is a blowout, he might get like 10 or north of 10 carries, in which case this should be easy. But even if he doesn't, even if he gets six or seven with his efficiency against a Giants defense that is not good at all, I like the higher on Elijah Mitchell, uh, 27 and a half rushing yards. And pretty much every time he played, he got – at least five rushes, and he cleared this in all but one game last year. So I absolutely love, you know, not just the floor of Elijah Mitchell with him at least getting a few carries, but also the ceiling. And if if you're hitting up the sports books and not just playing Pickham, might as well look at those Elijah Mitchell alt lines just in case. It's a uh, as a 49er fan, I'm pretty tuned into them, um, and. You know, we're, you know, we lived in the Bay until 2015. I still know a lot of people up there. Um, They want CMC healthy for the big games when they need to workload him and they need him and they know they need him healthy later in the season. It's real easy to give him the ball 20 times a game because he's so dynamic. Um, I really believe they are going to make it a point uh, from what I'm hearing from behind the scenes. And you have to remember, Beat reporters for the 49ers are basically paid employees. So, like, if as much as any franchises are, they only they get access to stuff, and in turn, they report what basically the Niners want them to report. Um, it, it's a uh, you know, but they let them do a lot of inside stuff locally that other teams don't let them do, and that's their trade off. 
but I like this play a ton. Um, and, and as he talked about, one of the things we could look at, you have to remember, guys, there is billions of dollars being bet a month. And we can look at the numbers now because they're all reported, right? One of the things we like is, you know, he talked about, why do I like the under on Paris Campbell? Because he's minus 125 to minus 130 at sportsbooks, right? Elijah, I don't think this closes here. We're going to lock this in today. I think this is going to actually close a little bit higher. Um, and we're seeing, right, it's already up to 115. It's starting to scoot up to 120. It, it's going to move up. We saw CMC move down um, in a game in which the 49ers should be in control. Um, they need to use Elijah more, and I, I love the play this week. It's good to get the uh, stamp of approval from the 49ers fan. And if, if you guys are following on stream, right, you can, you can do the same thing yourselves. You don't need an account to, you know, compare, uh, you know, odds in certain places. And you don't need, um, you know, access to, to sports books uh, to, to get this kind of information we're getting. But, yeah, like you said, this this is a moving – I mean, every, every market in the NFL is going to be moving all week long. And this is why, you know, we're going to come prepared with pivots whenever we see a line that's no longer on the board – Last week, I guess I didn't get get my rant about this, you know, um, at the begin at the top of the show. But last week on Friday, you know, I had a ticket that I, I feel like I I, I got I, I jumped I jumped ship a little bit, right? So I had the Justin Herbert and the Mike Williams stack, and that was so beautiful. It was pretty much sweat free, um, and that was an immaculate read. And then I had to pair it with something, and then I ended up pairing it with Jamar Chase higher than 40, 14. 0.95 fantasy points. Uh, meanwhile, I'm sitting here still without a win uh, because I pivoted from my original lean, which was uh, Amon Ross St. Brown receiving yards, which hit in the third quarter. Um, so it, it's it's a trade-off between you know trying to get stuff that you guys can get on stream right away, but also getting the thing that I like best with, with the highest value. Um, so whenever you guys are seeing this or what or you're or, or listening on podcasts since this will be uploaded on all our podcast networks whenever you guys are hearing this you should not just take whatever we say for granted you should check the underdog board we're getting this lower uh or excuse me higher on elijah mitchell 27 and a half rushing yards but if it if it's any lower than that you know that that that's even better right so 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 check that verify with sportsbook stuff like that this is a line i, I would take up to around 30 um, I, after that, you know, you, I don't think the sports books are going to move it way past 30. And if it doesn't show you great value, maybe don't go that route. Maybe go with CMC lower than, but as of right now, this is what we're going to lock in Paris Campbell lower than 28 and a half receiving yards and Elijah Mitchell higher than 27 and a half rushing yards. We're going to place half a unit as always. And hopefully that'll be, that'll make it two out of three hits on collabs for Thursday night football. I love it. So let me ask you. All right. So we talked about this. We teased it a little underdog pickums dropped their new, some of their new um, fantasy scores that we're going to be able to take advantage of. So now we have fumbles that you can go higher or lower passing first downs, first downs from a player does a receiver running back tight end, get a first down sacks taken and i think my favorite is the yak so yards after catch uh because some guys we just know are yak monsters that right they have the ability for upside out of those uh for the new pickums that we should it sounds like we're going to see this you know this weekend 
which ones are you excited about uh, to see and try to take advantage of? Yeah, I, I, I unshared my screen a little too fast. I'm not going to reshare it, but um, if, if you guys are following along on the underdog board um, and you, you can type, you know, for example, Deshaun Watson, uh, higher or lower than half a fumble. So you guys can mess around with these yourselves or, or just scroll, right, and see what novelty um, sort of picks um, you have. I, I, I'm a sicko, so I, I like the stuff like, like you do, like you, you said, uh, yards, yards after catch. And that, that to me is a, is, is sounds a little volatile, but I actually, I actually like it. And I'm going to target, you know, yards after catch because it's actually a little more sticky over the course of one season with one defensive roster than you might think it is. I found success with, you know, fading guys on the, their, you know, total receiving yards when they can't do stuff after the catch, you know, stuff like that. So, so I, I, I like that answer, but I, I've got to say the fumbles, right? I mean, when you have a oh, half yeah. a when you have a half of anything on the board, I absolutely it's an electric sweat. I was on so many higher or lower than half an interception last year. If you were, you know, listening, the show was called something else, but we had a pick'em show last year. I gave out multiple interception uh plays, you know, higher or lower than I love the electric sweats like that. So I, I love me a, a half a fumble and I think we're going to see down the line opportunities to attack that when we see, you know, elite front sevens, you know, paired up with potentially bad weather um, and we'll be able to get some value on that. And th- these are the markets that the pick board might not be as fast to adjust to. Um, right. And you can maybe read a little bit off the sports books as well. Right. Cause you're going to see, you know, sack numbers may be very high at, uh, uh, on a p- particular game yet on the pick board, you see a fumble square up. You're like, this is the game where you attack a fumble. So I'm looking forward to that kind of electric sweat. I, I want to see, I want them to drop. We got Pittsburgh. Let's talk about a game Sunday night. We got Pittsburgh at Las Vegas. I want to see if they drop some, right? How many sacks Jimmy takes? Like that's a spot for me. I think about TJ Watt. I think about that, you know, that electric front for Pittsburgh that terrible line for the Raiders, like those are spots we want to attack. Where can we go? So I'm interested to see if we see that line come up for uh, Sunday night football. I mean, when you said you know, taking sacks, I thought you were going to talk about Justin Fields. Any anything to to push some push some agendas, right? But uh, but uh, yeah, um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully going going two and zero on the Thursday night football card. I'm glad you know this is what we're going to continue doing. We're not going to force anything. We're going to play it by ear, right? When we have picks that we think have value, we're going to give them out right away. Um, and then if if we get a little bit of a delay from sports books on on props, we're not going to jump on the pick and board to play them early, right? So this is why you need to keep an eye on the underdog pick generator, and you can have if you have the DFS dominator, you're going to get access to this right on playerprofiler.com. Sign up for the DFS Dominator, and under the DFS Dominator, you're going to have on the rightmost underdog pick generator some point throughout the week, uh, you know, hopefully Wednesdays, but it may be as late as Thursday morning because we're going to try to improve on these results for you. Put out a bunch of picks from Underdog Fantasy uh, where we can get uh, great lines and attack them as early as possible. And uh, we will also have a bonus show on Friday. Let's take a few. People have their fantasy questions, and this is what we do. We're, we're multi-talented individuals here, or if we do say so ourselves. So we're going to tackle some of these fantasy football questions in a blaze real quick. Trevor, you go. Can I trade away Jerry Judy for Damian Pierce? I have no RB depth. 
I don't know who your other wide receivers are, so that's a little hard for context. Um, and I don't know, like, I generally like on these kind of things. That's a hard trade for me to say. Is it a 10 team? Is it a 12 team? Is it a 14 team? Uh, what are your other running backs? In a vacuum, I prefer if you have no running back depth, I would actually probably take Pierce over Judy. I'm not a Judy guy personally. Uh, that's me. Uh, while, <laughs> while as wild as it sounds, Russ is ahead of some pretty elite quarterbacks fantasy points-wise right now. Uh, Jalen Hurts being one of them. Uh, I don't think it stays that way this season uh, as much as I like Peyton. Um, they misused Javante last week. Uh, so, again, it depended upon who you have. Is it a two-flex, those kind of things? But uh, that's, a for me, a, a coin flip. But if you're desperate, uh, I don't hate it. I'm, I'm actually not a Damian Pierce guy at all. If you followed me on Twitter at any point, I, I really hope Damian Pierce's family doesn't follow me because I've, I've already had it with one, you know, one NFL running back's father coming at me. I'm not a Damian Pierce oh. fan at all, but I would do that trade as well in a vacuum because I actually think it's a little bit of a buy low window uh, for, you know, uh, some players in that Houston offense because I'm a CJ Stroud believer. Uh Another question in terms of fancy, would you trade Gibbs or Kyron Williams and Madison Ooh. and Ooh. Madison? It's interesting. I'm going no. I I don't. And I, I'm i just going to go pure talent. Um, that's close for me, though. Um, Kyrie, right? Uh, Cam's done. Cam is done in L.A. I, I don't think... I don't think Cam plays another game for the Rams ever again. I think he, if he's if he's not traded this week, he's traded by next week. The Rams are probably trying to get too much, uh, hoping somebody gets hurt. But I just I don't see Cam playing another game. I think this is the make or break week for Matson. So, like, does he get used? Does, you know, can he look explosive, or do we start seeing some more Ty Chandler? Um, I love Gibbs' talent. Here's my cha- here's my challenge. I don't know, right? We saw what his role is going to be, as dynamic as he is. We saw what he's going to be when he's there. Um, I actually do this trade, and here's why. I think Kyrene is going to be the guy in L.A. I think the Rams are going to be behind a lot. And once Monty's back, even if they use him, right, Josh Reynolds is balling out, right? We're, we're going to get Williams back. We know who – Right, we know who Laporta can be. We we got St. Brown, um, and we saw what they did to Swift last year. So unless Monty like goes down for the season, I probably I actually probably take this trade here. Uh, I what I would do is I'd go back and see if you can get a little more of the Madison. See if you can get like trade Gibbs for like a like Kyrene and. Maybe see the guy's got to have him. If he has Matson, he probably doesn't have the guys around him that I'd like. That's a challenge, but uh, I'd probably take this trade. I I, I would lean no, just because uh, I in, in these 50 50 scenarios, I like to go over ceiling. And I think with Amonra having the turf toe, with Dave Montgomery's gonna be out only a couple weeks, I'm not really counting that. Um, but with Gibbs, if Gibbs starts lining up at wide receiver and his usage goes mm-hmm. up just a little bit, in, in, in an offense that's run by Ben Johnson, who, by the way, is going to get a bag at some point, probably a head coaching job. Someone's going to be really happy with Ben Johnson. Um, I like the the ceiling of uh, Jameer Gibbs, and I, I don't think we see 
this is like you said, make a break week for Madison. If he doesn't ball out against the Chargers, he never will. So I, I, I'll take the Gibbs side there. Uh, and then last one we got: um, Should I trade? Now this is so much more interesting. Now Cooper Cup and Drake London for Eckler and Watson Christian. Oh. So this really, this is a little bit roster dependent for me. So my question is, is if, right, like, so I'm, I believe, I love Drake London's talent. I think Drake London is one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. I think he plays where Arthur Smith is the problem. And I think Desmond Ritter's throwing him the ball. Um, we know who Cooper Cup can be. We also know that, hey, Cooper's in his 30s. This another hammy injury. You know, if he plays the rest of the season, Cup could, you know, Cup could again be a monster. But and I don't know who your running backs are. This is this is a little tougher. I this is close. This is closer for me than I expected to be. Um, but I think this is a great. I probably go Eckler and Watson here. Like this is a buy low spot on those two for me. And and here's why. I think Green Bay and the Chargers are going to have the two of the best offenses and fantasy at the end of the season. Um, and I don't think, I just don't think London can get there for me. And as we've seen now, um, the Rams actually have another wide receiver. They have a wide receiver too, which uh, don't forget. They also have Higby. Um, I, I actually think I go Eckler and Watson. If I'm trying, like, especially if it's in a tournament, if this is in a FFPC, well, you can't trade there, but if this is in, if you're in something in a tournament style that you can trade, um, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to take everything down, I go Eckler Watson myself. I, I agree. Uh, I was, I was one of the heavy faders of Drake London in redraft. I want to clarify that I've been mm-hmm. buying Drake London all off season in dynasty and fading him all off season in redraft specifically for that Arthur Smith situation. You buy talent in redraft, you fade situations exactly like that. Or you buy talent in dynasty, you you fade situations like that in redraft. And I nothing has changed for me on that front. I have Drake London full tier lower than Christian Watson to no fault of his. Um and with Cooper Cup, you know, I was I, I thought we would get a really nice season from Cooper Cup, you know, another sneaky top three, top five season, but now you have the injuries, and now you have obviously an injury to Eckler as well. But the ceiling is so high; we know what that that Chargers uh, offense is capable of putting up. Um, you know, up four touchdowns any given day, just because they have such a well well oiled machine, so to speak, at, at offense. And you know, your opinion of the Chargers may vary, but the fact that they'll produce for fantasy is maybe not debatable. That that's going to be the last question we take. We 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 do take questions of all formats on this show and today the main headliner was we gave out a collab for thursday night football trevor has paris campbell less than 28 and a half receiving yards and i have given you elijah mitchell higher than 27 and a half receiving yards we will be back here on uh, all platforms not the podcast version but all facebook youtube and twitter on friday at 4 30 p.m eastern time for the bonus show where we dive into the weekend slate for week three. Keep an eye out on the underdog pick generator as well. But for now, we will see you after hopefully another hit for Thursday night football.